0: QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. Continuing our look back at the year, this special episode of The Leader, commemorating the death of Prince Philip, was published on April 9th. It features The Evening Standard's royal editor, Robert Jobson. Buckingham Palace has announced Prince Philip has died at the age of 99. In a statement, the palace says it is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen announces the death of her beloved husband. The Duke of Edinburgh spent a month in hospital earlier this year and underwent surgery for pre-existing heart condition last month. He was discharged from his most recent hospital stint on March 16th and returned to Windsor Castle where he and the Queen had been spending the latest lockdown with a small group of household staff. The Palace says he passed away peacefully there, our royal editor Robert Jobson, who is also prince philip's biographer, is here and Robert the Duke of Edinburgh has had an extraordinarily influential role in the monarchy hasn 't he
2: well you, i mean in, when i was researching prince philip's century, you can 't underestimate the importance that Prince Philip has played in in the modernization of the monarchy but and but it also, also in the structure of the royal family and supporting the queen is after all the longest. Reigning queen in in history, and he's the longest serving consort in history. What it, what he achieved, I think, was was I think to sort of bring the the royal family and the, the way that it was run kicking and screaming into the twenty first and then <laughs> century really. Because at, at the t- when he came to Buckingham Palace, there were still people wearing wigs with like it was in Hanoverian days. And, servants and he really you know was a pretty good organiser would have been a tremendous uh, success had he just been in the Royal Navy as his career would have probably gone all the way to the top people say um and he was you know he was a thoroughly um well-organized professional who would know how to to get the ship running well so yeah I think um he, he did an awful lot but not only that he was there all the time the Queen described him as a As her strength and stay uh, during the luncheon for the fiftieth wedding anniversary, and he certainly was that. And she also said that people wouldn't remember really the significance of what he had achieved until, um, you know, maybe until he wasn't here. And the the fact is that is the truth. He's done. He hasn't. He never really went out to seek praise. In fact, he hated being praised. He used to find it embarrassing. Um, All the time, would be looking to uh, connect other people to make the world a better place and in fact he did say that that you know if if he could have made the world a better place during his time here then that's really good enough for him Was never somebody that was seeking uh, the limelight uh, and always wanted to make sure that the light was shining on the queen on the 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 main person in the monarchy the, the monarch and not him he was there to simply make sure that everything ran smoothly
1: what's that no-nonsense, rather blunt attitude for which he was famed actually real? Was he really like that, or was there a softer side to the prince?
2: Well, the, the reality is he's a man of his age, a man of his century, if you like. But the truth of it is I think that that caricature that's been presented of him is just that. I mean, we, 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 we often hear of uh, his scaphs, his blunders. And I've been there on a number of occasions where he was simply trying to lighten the mood by making a remark that may be seen as non pc in this very woke world that we live, but you know he was just trying to get people at their ease when he was talking to them, and I think that people forget that he was a very accomplished um, oil painter um, and loved his art, loved it, very very well read wrote books on um, on uh, nature was the man the main driving force for the first um, joint um a patron of the World Wildlife Fund, so you know this was somebody that achieved an awful lot in his life. Not only that, he played the supporting role to one of the, the world's most famous woman, um, in in the Queen as as her husband, and he always was prepared, you know, to put her first and had to put her first by giving up his career in the Royal Navy when when the when the King passed away, it was clear that he couldn't continue and would have to be a full time consul, but he was still able to do incredible things, I think, such as establish the Duke of Edinburgh Awards scheme, scheme that, you know, is an international, worldwide, really recognised to help inspire young people um, and make them achieve really the, the best of what they can be. Um, I think that he was probably misunderstood in older age because, in all, in all reality, I don't think people saw anybody but a very old man, not the dynamic, good-looking um Chap that stole the Queen's harp and, and all and upset the apple cart at the palace when he arrived on the scene. So I, I think that, uh, you know, he did many th- great things, such as he was the driving force in making sure that the coronation of the Queen was um, televised. He was the driving force behind the first world inside documentary on the royal family that was made in 1969. And and many people later co- criticized that, but it was a, a way to bring the monarchy and the royal family closer to the people that the duke um as he was known affecting to all of his staff um you know that he he wanted to re- make sure that they were all connected and that's very important that he did when he threw a party for example he never just invited his you know his private secretary and the higher echelons of his staff you know everyone was there from the, the cleaners to everyone so he was somebody who was although he was seen as a bit of a crotchety chap in later years Um, was someone absolutely beloved by his people that worked for him.
1: I think the most interesting aspect about Prince Philip's life is actually, as you've mentioned, that relationship with the Queen. It's a genuine, long-lasting love story that I don't think, because of the secrecy around Buckingham Palace, I don't think a lot of people really appreciated just how close the Queen and Prince Philip were.
2: Well, you've got to remember that it's very difficult when you're Queen that you can can find in only... (laughs) Only a few people, you know. You speak to your prime minister once a week. You, you have your all the government papers. She's known um, as reader number one in Whitehall because she sees all the top secret uh, papers first. And the, the the point of it is, the Duke of Edinburgh was always there. Never overstepping the mark in areas that he shouldn't get involved with, but there to support her should she need him. And I think that's the key. She, I mean, the Queen is the Queen referred to the, the Duke as her strength and stay. Um, and I think absolutely he, he was that to her. He's somebody, I think that he's been underestimated, the influence he's had. I think he's underestimated the service that he gave, and um, it's only now that he's passed that people will start to recognise, I think, just how important he was. He was somebody, you know, who was there for, trying to help with all these big problems that happened in the royal family to make sure that it didn't in any way damage the monarchy as an institution. You know, he, he tried his best to help with the marriage breakups of of, of Charles and Diana. She described him, after all, as dearest pa in the letters that she wrote back to him. And he had to, you know, towards the end of his life, deal with the crisis of the Meghan and Harry departure. Um, But, you know, he wasn't superhuman. He lived a long and very fulfilled life. And I think uh, he had a great motto, motto, which he always used to live by, which was just get on with it. And I'm sure that's what he'll be saying to members of the royal family if he could now and just get on with the job and don't let anyone down and keep supporting uh her majesty the queen as much as she as you can he's somebody i think after all he said that uh, he, he really wanted if he has made um, a difference that's good if he's helped some people in their lives that's good too and um he wasn't he didn't have a big ego he wasn't somebody who was out for great accolades and praise in fact he hated praise and um I think he did his best while
0: she's here to support the Queen as fully and as properly as he could. The leader is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham.